Welcome back to the Green Room Talks. This is episode two. For anyone who didn't tune into the last episode, the Green Room is a partnership between She Is The Music and the Jed Foundation. She Is The Music promotes equality, inclusivity, and opportunity for women in music. The Jed Foundation is a nonprofit for mental health, and I have the link in my bio. Please donate anything you feel like you can. Today, I will be talking to Anna Clendenning and Victor Schwartz about coping with anxiety. Hello, and welcome to the green room. <laughs> How's it going, you guys? Victor, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I, okay, great. I said, how's it going? Oh, it's going fine. I thought you were talking to the audience. Oh, no, <laughs> Doing <I'm talking>. fine. <laughs> Anna, how are you? Good, how are you? Listen, by the way, this is, this is Zoom life. So anyway, so for anybody that's watching, this is Anna Clendenning, an amazing artist that I work with and also a friend. And this is Victor Schwartz, who is an amazing psychologist and is going to be talking about anxiety today. So, you know, I just thought we would have an open conversation. Honestly, I know, Anna, you're, you're pretty vocal about this stuff. So I kind of wanted to see, you know, have you sort of, you know, talk about what this whole last couple of months have been like for you in comparison to regular life or, you know, all that, all the above and just see like, you know, start there and just see how, you know, the la- making music in the last couple months, by the way, like all that kind of stuff and how if anxiety has been better or worse, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, wait, are you think you're muted? Me? Yeah, so how, like, I was just curious, like, how, how have you been feeling? I actually haven't even talked to you about this. Like, how has it been over the last couple months? It's been... <laughs> it's been weird. Okay. Good, but also, like, hard. Like, I think yeah. it was, like, a reset that I think a lot of us, especially in the music industry, needed, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know I was, like going and going and pushing and pushing. And then when I was like forced to just kind of sit at home, I was like, oh, maybe I should like reevaluate how I'm going about my daily life. And I kind of took a break for a week or two and it was really weird, but Mm -hmm. I needed it. I kind of just needed to just like, I was like convincing myself I was more busy than I was. So I was like, just sit on the couch and do nothing. And just like- you're not. And then like, I had to go home to North Carolina to do the same thing. I was like, put your phone away. You're not busy. You don't have anything to do. Um, and so that was really helpful, but like the not negative side, but the, the harder part of it was trying to figure out what is normal now because Mm -hmm. you know, the, this virus and the anxiety and the, um, uncertainty is going to be there for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, so having to adjust to a new normal has been very interesting. Um, I think I'm one of those people that really likes face-to-face interaction with um, other musicians and writing. I've been writing, um, as you know, because I've um, been writing over like Zoom calls and FaceTime and it's really hard to stay motivated and like, honestly haven't found a good um, balance if I'm being completely transparent. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and it's really hard. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, it's so interesting because I, I'm glad you said that about the reset part though, because it's one thing that I've been finding too, is that like, you know me and you know how fast, like I go so fast. I'm always like a hundred things and all that kind of, you know, and I think I do that partially because I, that is my way to, deal with my anxiety because I feel like the more you do the less you have to think about what you're actually feeling you know so I think for me it's like work has always been that so I think that this time has been really crazy because I think it's good it I've, I actually have been finding it good because in a way I'm like okay this is what I actually want and actually helping me you know really understand what I what I want in my life because you actually have time to be by yourself and stay at home and be like wow okay this is this is actually what matters to me right but it does cause anxiety in the sense that you're like okay is this literally what life's gonna be now like how do you know and that and I actually spoke you know I'd be interested to ask, ask Victor this too um but I spoke to a friend the other day and he was saying that uh which is so crazy he was saying that there was a study about 
doing Zoom calls and how you're giving so much energy over Zoom, uh, over these Zoom conversations, meetings, or even like sessions for us, but we're not actually receiving any. In actual fact, it's almost like you're like, you know, obviously I'm seeing you guys, but in person, it's like physics, right? You're actually receiving the energy back. So you're not, you're, 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 you're exerting all this energy and giving so much of yourself, but not actually receiving it, which can actually be feeling kind of vacant and exhausted. It's more exhausting. I don't know. Have you, have you, have you talked to anybody about that, Victor? I'd be curious about what your perspective is. I think everybody is saying that it's more tiring to, uh, to do these kinds of things. You know, we're, we're distracted. You're, you're not sure who's speaking. There's a little bit of a delay typically with the sound. Um, you know, very often as we probably are, you're looking at chats while you're, you know, trying to listen and (laughs) looking at text messages possibly while, you know, while you're having conversations. So there's just a different level of distraction that's required. And, you know, quite honestly, sitting with a person, they're life size, and now we're, we're interacting with what are, you know, sort of mini, mini versions uh, on a screen of each other. So that's also, it's just psychologically not the same thing. Yeah, no, totally. And I just feel like it's interesting because I think that, I don't know about you, Anna, but like I, I actually, in a way, have found it like I'm connecting with a lot of people that I would never connect to in real life. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, and I find that it's so funny because phone calls no longer exist too, which is kind of, it's like people, people that used to just want to phone you all want to FaceTime. And I'm like, isn't there, can't you just phone me? Like, do I have to always like be ready to fucking, (laughs) so, so that part's kind of funny, but I think, so I don't know. I think there's positives and negatives, but, um, but yeah, I mean, in relation to like, I'm just curious. I know, again, just speaking, I don't know what you're comfortable talking about, Anna, but like, I know that anxiety is something outside of this whole period of time has been something that's affected your life in a way that's, you know, I think pretty like heavy weighted on your life, right? So I'd be curious, like, do you find that's, how do you find it from before to now? Like what's... It's actually kind of weird to like, um, this is like the most self-aware I've ever been in my entire life. And I don't know if it's an age thing or because I have time to focus on it. Like, I don't know really where it's, you know, where it came from, but I mean, like, yes, the general baseline for my anxiety has been hired, but like, I, I think this situation has forced me to be regularly on my medication. It has forced me to not forced me, but it's like nudged me to, want to be on top of everything. So I've like been really on top of my medication, what I've been taking it. Um, I've been forcing myself, not forcing myself, but really pushing myself to not um, use uh, other medications as a crutch, which has been something that was really hard for me. Um, I found a therapist uh, talking to every, every week. What was that? No, I love that. I love that, that you said that. I said that's really cool that you found a therapist. That's amazing. And like, it's so funny because I've never met her in person, but just within like the month and a half, two months that I've been seeing her, it is like the best therapist I've ever had. And it's really awesome because I don't know if I would have had the push that I would have needed like without this kind of like situation. Cause I was kind of just like skating by being like, oh yeah, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, and just kind of like band-aid solutions and all this stuff and would kind of like um, excuse my actions. And now I really yeah. have to like sit with myself and be like, oh, okay, like it's not okay to, you know, have mood swings this way. It's not okay to do this, this and that. And like as much as I hate it, I'm really thankful for it because I can become a better person and it's like really extremely tough, but in a weird way, it's been very helpful. If that makes sense. That's, that's, no, that's interesting. And I, and so Victor, I'm just curious, like what, how, I, I'm sure that you talk to many people a day, I'm, I'm assuming. So what, what do you, I mean, whatever you're comfortable sharing, but is, what have you found people have struggled with most and also just like, what do you think is, is helping people right now or like anything like that? Like, is there any advice that, that you would give or anything, you know, that you feel like people are commonly struggling with? 
Well, so I think one of the biggest challenges is figuring out what's sort of typical and expectable and a kind of normal reaction to very, very stressful circumstances. I mean, in a way, the, the image I've been using is we're all sort of carrying heavy bags and we don't know how far we have to carry them. Um, you know, yeah. that's not making you sick per se, but it is going to make your heart rate go up. It's going to make you breathe faster. It's going to make your body temperature go up. So, so we're all experiencing a stress for people who have sort of un, already existing, pre-existing or underlying mental health problems, challenges with anxiety, depression. It's going to make it worse the same way if you had arthritis or, or a heart condition carrying those bags would, you know, increase your risk and, you know, potentially make those conditions worse. Um, so yeah. you need to take care of yourself. And Anna, what you're doing is great. The fact that you have found a therapist that, that you're sort of being careful with not taking the wrong kinds of substances and using medications to, to help manage <laughs> things, keeping a daily routine, trying to you know, do that, but be flexible, self-care, making sure that you're you know, eating properly, trying to get regular amounts of sleep, getting some regular exercise, Doing mindfulness and relaxation techniques are all helpful. Keeping yourself structured, but again, you know, giving yourself space to enjoy some things. Uh, and, and as you implied, some people are actually finding it's an opportunity to sort of think about themselves and uh, really consider yes. what, uh, you know, what this experience means, think about their future. Um, you know, so, so there are some potential benefits. Some people in creative arts are finding that if they can, it's a time where they can really sort of exercise some of those, uh, you know, some of those energies for themselves. No, exactly. And by the way, I want to take just a second for anybody that's watching to be able to put some questions in the chat, because in the last 10 minutes, we're going to answer any questions that you have, you know, how you're dealing with anxiety, if there's anything that we can contribute, you know, I just wanted to open the conversation up. But yeah, so, I mean, for me, it's so interesting that you guys are saying that because honestly, everybody that I've been talking to is like, if it, it feels like, I don't know, maybe I'm being esoteric, but I feel like humanity in a weird way is like, well, before yesterday, before the other day when that horrific thing happened in this, or to George Floyd, I mean, that, that is just like crazy. But, but before that, or those things obviously happened in the world, anyway, which is super, super sad, but, but I, but what I kind of meant is that I feel like for, for, in a weird reason, I, or in a weird way, like, I feel like, he, like, people are connecting more, but I mean, it's weird, because before that happened, I would be like, wow, humanity feels like they're actually connecting more, which I think is nice, but then something like that goes and happens, and I lose all faith, so I don't know, that's another thing that's, like, anxiety, you know, driven, too, it's like, does that happen in our society, no matter what, yeah, so it's like, it's probably not due to the you know, it's not due to the stress that the world is under, but I mean, I, I do like to believe, and I always like to be the kind of person that sees the glass half full, if I can, you know, I try to, which can be a good and bad thing, honestly, because when you do that, it's like, you're, it's almost like you're like, I'm okay, I'm okay, yeah, great, and then you go to home, and you're like, I'm actually not okay, you know, and I'm just opening, like, I don't know if this is something, and Anna, we've actually never talked about this, but I've, like, struggled really bad, this is why I'm doing this whole thing, is I've struggled a ton with anxiety I'm not as like in the past I haven't been as open about it but but it's like it's really hard and I think that a lot of times I'd always be scared to see a therapist my most of my life I was so scared I thought that meant that there's something wrong with me but now it's like I'm so open to it and I want this because like it's so nice to talk to other people that are like oh my god me too right it's like when somebody else says they're going through it I feel like it's so cleansing um and honestly, that's probably why I love to songwrite. And I'm sure, Anna, you feel the same way. And maybe as a, you know, I always like to think that, that songwriters are like therapists. So, Victor, I'm sure that it wouldn't be so dissimilar if you were in the songwriting session. You could probably write a song because, honestly, a lot of times that's what it is. If you can manage to get somebody to admit these kind of things, that's your song. Do you know what I mean? I really think that. So, I don't know if you have ever felt that or if there's anything that, you know, on your side, you've, you've, you've kind of felt the connection as well. 
Well, to be a creative artist of any kind, you're actually <laughs> kind of exploring your emotions and your conflicts and really yeah. trying to set them into words or into music or into dance, as the case may be. So all of them are kind of emotional expressions, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Anna, don't you think? I mean, it's, it's so funny. You know, like when we're, you're in a session and you're like, I feel like people are like dancing around an idea and you're like, oh, this is a cool idea. But then, and then all of a sudden something just hits and you're like, oh, it's like this euphoric feeling. That's the same feeling in my opinion when I've done therapy where I'm like, you cracked it. Like, I feel like when somebody says, oh, you went through this as a child and then you're like, oh, that's why I feel like this now. It's like that same feeling where you're like, okay, I get it, you know? And that's, I think that's like very healing. More than a lot of things for me for my personal mental health. I, I love to do that. What do you, I mean, what do, you, do you do that? Do you, do you feel like that, Anna? I, this whole idea of like people not <laughs> talking about it is so foreign to me because, well, it wasn't always foreign to me and I totally understand it. I'm not like, I don't get why people aren't talking. Like, yeah. I remember in high <laughs> school when this all kind of really came to a head and yeah. the doctor was like, oh, you have anxiety. I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, I'm 14 and I'm having a heart attack. That's totally like, that makes sense. No, it was a panic attack. Um, <laughs> it didn't, I, I felt like I was <laughs> over here, like, in, in this little like island and nobody else had what I was going through. And like, I have generalized anxiety, but I also have this like phobia called emetophobia, which is a phobia of vomit and all things, you know, surrounding it. Um, and that made me feel really, really like, okay, I am probably the only person in the world, maybe like out of five people that have this thing. And I realized when I started talking about it and, you know, I actually used to like get made fun of for it. Like I remember one time it was like ninth or 10th grade and I, you know, was missing a lot of school and stuff. And somebody started a Facebook group that was like, if this group gets a hundred people in it, I'll take Anna personally to therapy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you know, that's kind of messed up. But once I started, you know, coming out about all the stuff on social media, I was like, oh, this isn't like bad at all. Like people are going to say stuff, not believe stuff, but like, it's really like healing. And then when I was on America's Got Talent and got all of this, about like it not being real and I'm just like I had everything possible said to me about not being real about faking it about being dramatic and like that's when I was like okay I have to be uh, a voice for this because there are so many people that don't even get this amount of backlash on a daily basis and can't be open about it and that's not fair so I've always said to like people that I meet and friends and family and interviews whatever I'm like if I can be vulnerable and open about this and be uncomfortable if that means I will be uncomfortable if that means one person feels not alone because I have been that one person I've been that person on the other side that feels like I am crazy. I'm the only person in the world that feels like this. And I don't want anybody else to feel like that. If me being uncomfortable and talking about it makes one more person feel better, I will do that for the rest of my life. And I feel like starting a conversation and making things uncomfortable slowly makes things more comfortable. And I love that yes. over like the past five years, how more, how much more of a conversation it has become and like more people than like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I feel like that. And it's actually like, I don't mean to babble, but like I've had so many people come up to me and like reach out to me and say, you know, I like, I really am sorry because I didn't think it was real that you were going through until I had a panic attack and it's really real. And I thought I was having a heart attack and like, I can't believe you have to go through this. I'm like, I can't believe anybody has to go through this. And like, I'm sorry that you had to go through it, mom. No, I'm glad that you, you get it now in a weird way. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's so crazy that you say that because I went through like, like the same thing. Like I was actually, when I first got signed, I, I had a crazy panic attack and I don't, I'm not sure if I ever told you that, but like, I like basically passed out in West Hollywood and like, I thought it was the same thing. I thought I was having a heart attack and I went to the, and the doctor was like, honey, you're having a panic attack. And it's crazy because you just can't, you can't believe it because it feels so foreign. And it just feels like, whoa, like this is like a physical feeling. My, like your mouth gets dry. You can't breathe. You like shaking, like all these things. I remember calling my dad 
and my dad's actually a psychologist too and I called my dad and he was like I was like I'm dying I'm just calling you guys thank you for everything I'm not even kidding it was crazy I literally thought I was gonna die and he and I don't know actually this is like really interesting I'll be curious what Victor has to say but like my dad his techniques he says that like you're supposed to like not feed into it so you're supposed to be like so for instance I was going crazy like oh my god and, and then and then he was like oh so how was your day yesterday like as if I hadn't even mentioned that I was anything was happening so it was like he completely like to the point where it actually did work and I was like oh wait wait like did you hear me I just said I'm dying like and he was like oh yeah so how was dinner how was your dinner yesterday and I was like oh because so so weirdly I always think of that in the back of my head when I now have panic attacks because I always think okay let me think of something like divert it somehow and it, and it seemingly has worked for me um you know so I don't know is that is that something that's real or I don't know is that is that if a it works then it's real right <laughs> if, it, if it worked for you then then it's it was the right thing to do I guess he probably knows you fairly well you know some people yeah actually find that the process of trying to fight off the panic attack makes them feel worse. You know, you feel very out of control. Uh, but if you can distract yourself, if you can just sort of let yourself get through it, then it's okay. Some people wind up needing medication to manage them. And that said, yeah, but that said, for some people just having access to the medication um, just knowing it's there is actually reassuring enough to stave off attacks. So there's a whole range of, of kind of ways of, of addressing it. You just have to try different things until you find the thing that works for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I hear that. And I think that it's, you know, that's another thing to say is like for a long time, it's embarrassing to be like, you're on medication. Now I'm just like, I really don't care. Yeah. Like, but some people still feel like, I feel like when you, you mention that, like, sometimes you get those looks where people are like, whoa, I can't believe she just said that. And you're like, I mean, right. I mean, it kind of makes you feel more human and it's relaxing to admit that you're not on all the time. I mean, in a way, well, know. you know, again, think about the fact that things like anxiety and pain actually serve a valuable purpose for us. They let us know that there's something we need to be aware of, something we need to think through. Maybe there's a potential danger, but sometimes they, you know, it gets set a little bit too sensitively and then it becomes a problem. And if it is interfering, if it's, you know, really getting to a point where it's getting in the way, then you need to start to think about what you have to do about it. The same thing with arthritis, for example. I mean, going back to my, you know, guy carrying the bags, you know, if you have a bad back, you may need to take, you know, aspirin or Motrin on, on some kind of once in a while basis. Some people may need to take it every day. Depends on the severity of the problem. But the pain is telling you something. And if we didn't have pain and if we didn't have anxiety, we'd actually be in trouble. Anxiety is a way of, of our you know, brain telling us there's a potential risk or danger out there. And we need to understand what that is and how to manage it. And sometimes if you can actually understand the basis of it, it also settles it down, makes it feel less uncontrollable. Yeah, it's so, it's so true. And I think that, again, I've had a couple people in my life that have had, you know, been very severely affected by anxiety in which case you know obviously have felt you know suicidal and those kind of things and I think that the reason listen I it's not like I know I'm just because I've I know people and I'm also deal with it this kind of stuff myself a lot I feel like literally you find out after when you talk to them one of the reasons why they do end up going so far down a dark path is because they didn't talk to someone yeah do you know what I mean you you find out and you're just like wait if you had to just talk to somebody and realize how much you are loved and how much, how much value you have, because at the end of the day, especially in our society today, we're so, um, Oh yeah, this is another good point. Cause we're so, we're so, we always judge each other so much based on social media. And that's such a problem because think it's like, you can never be good enough. Right. I mean, that was always the case, but it's worse now with, with all these kind of social media platforms. And I think this, this time during COVID has been interesting because it's forces, it's made people not, like they're not out filming movies or record, you know? So it's like, everyone's like, wait, I just want to be creative for fun because I want to, it's not ego driven. And I think egos are also a massive part of anxiety. And I think it's a problem. I think at some point people just have to realize we're all human. And at the end of the day, like, what are you really chasing? 
And that's so anxiety driven because at the end of the day, you'll never get there. And I mean, not to, like nobody will, even if you're freaking Obama. Do you know what I mean? How, because who knows what he's going through, right? He could be the president. Like think about when we're in high school, we're like checking off, like, what do you, what's your, what do you want to do in your life? I want to be the president. I want to go to space. I want to, you know, and you're thinking these are our goals in our life. Like this is like our markers of like what we think success is, but then you actually like look at life and you're like, those are just achievements. Doesn't mean that you're, you're at peace in your heart or you're, you know, and that doesn't mean that doesn't define success is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think you're making an important point. A lot of people have grown up, a lot of young people, I think in the last 15, 20, 25 years, thinking that you're, you know, your life course can be completely controlled, that your image can be perfectly curated, everything can be managed with enough resources, time, effort, money. And the reality is that's significantly true. You can have a real impact on the outcomes and the directions and the way, you know, the pathways of your life. But there is also uncertainty and unpredictability. And COVID has come to remind us that you can control a lot, but you also have to be prepared to adapt and, uh, you know, as they would say in the music world, improvise when, uh, you know, when something changes. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's exactly. a difficult lesson to learn when it confronts a, a fantasy about what the way the world should be, but it actually turns out to be an important lesson to try to integrate. No, honestly, I really believe that. And I think that when you really think in those ways is, is when it's so healing. The, the part that I find really challenging is when to be a, the reason why therapy, I think I've come to like it is because it, it makes you be able to conversate and talk it through because I think as much as you can tell yourself and you may be as self-aware as anybody can be you're still going to be in your own thoughts and it doesn't matter because I can literally say this and then get off this conversation and be like I hate myself and then I have to come back and be like wait I know I shouldn't hate myself because I just said and then you're like you're right you know what I mean so it's this constant thing of like finding somebody to be able to release that information to and somebody you trust and that won't judge you because honestly it's like all you can do is try and and you know and that's I think it's better than not trying and repressing those emotions can I um I thought it was interesting the whole like control aspect and being like adaptable and stuff like that that's something that um I really have a hard time with and like I know people with you know, that deal with anxiety also have like a hard time with change, change sometimes we can't control. And like a lot of my stuff stems from like, I want to control everything. And this is really terrible and great time to realize that you really can't control a lot. You like for a while couldn't even leave the house and like, it's just a very uncertain time. And for me, it makes me realize okay, I can't control everything. And there's nothing that I can do about that. The only thing that I can control are my actions and how to be adaptable and how to move forward and how to not stress about things that I have no say in. And that's something that I've <laughs> struggled with. And, and also to touch on what you were talking about, like the expectations and being successful, I it just really this whole thing has made me realize like you you can't control anything you can't it's so hard but you can't and to remind yourself that would be very helpful and to not set these unrealistic expectations to enjoy the baby steps to celebrate the little victories i have struggled with this so hard through every facet of my life and working out in music in school and anything um in music even in like social media i i was like okay i have to hit 10,000 followers and then i'll be happy it was like as soon as i hit 10,000 yes, exactly. like i need 25,000 and i'm like what the hell is wrong with me i can't oh. like for instance it's was so true I was on a record label and I, that should have been like so amazing. And then I was like, oh no, like I'm ready to put a song out. And then once I put a song out, I was like, oh, I need to put an EP out. And then as soon as I put an EP out, I was like, I need to sign to a bigger record label. And as soon as I, I signed that record deal, <laughs> I have to put some music out. And I have 
never just stopped and been like, wow, I'm really proud of myself for what I've done. It's always been, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. And you will literally drain your entire being worrying about what the next step is. Instead, we should be focusing on like, wow, I got up today. Wow. I put some makeup on my face today. Wow. I brushed my teeth. These are, these things sound so <laughs> but if we don't stop and at least like praise ourselves for that, we're going to drive ourselves crazy. And I, I don't know if it was a therapist I was talking to or a book I was reading. Cause like every book I own is a self-help book, but, um, <laughs> I love that. it was like, instead of, instead of like reaching for these unrealistic goals, which we will fall short of every time. If you keep a constant of these small victories, yeah. our life will be so much better. That's hard. It's so easy to be like, well, just be like happy that like the sun came out today. Like, yeah, okay, realistically, that would be great. But did I wake up this morning and say, oh, I'm really proud of myself that I got ready. No, I went and I got on my <laughs> Like, oh, I only have X amount of monthly listeners. I have X amount of plays on this song. It's like, it's so easy for me and you and everybody else to sit there and say like, oh, this is what, this is what I totally lost my train of thought. I'm not even going to Oh, no, but you know what? It just, but while you're, this is really interesting, but while, because I'm looking at the, the, the comments come in and, and um, I may have to go in a second and just take a look at a couple because I'm seeing a lot of people say some interesting stuff but to your thing somebody just said what if you have no small victories but to Anna's point that's literally impossible right I mean like you said brushing your teeth like way will drive you insane and my victories are not your victories and my and that's one thing I've definitely dealt with is my pain is is there's no like there's no comparison to another person. Like I get sad and I get upset and I'm like, Oh, you know, like I'm so privileged though. I, I, I still have a job. I like, I was born in a great family, like all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not allowed to be sad because some kid right. was born in a broken home or somebody was born without legs. Like if you are constantly comparing your situation to other people's situation and saying, I'm not allowed to be sad or I don't have little victories or anything like that. You're going to drive yourself crazy as well because I, I do do that. I always tell myself I can't be sad or like I don't focus on my – I'm losing my train of thought again, but like you get what I'm saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know. I love what you're saying. I like literally it's like so – like to me this is like such a major point because I feel like I, I, I completely relate to that. And I think that everybody does because the social media, like all these kind of things that I've done it since before social media, where it's like, literally you could get a part in a play as a kid and you're like, Oh my God, I got the part, but I didn't get this next part. And you're just like, you could have gotten the set, the, not the lead, but like the, like the next down from the lead. And then that's like, you're excited for like five seconds. And then you're like, wait a minute, why didn't I get the lead? And you're just like, what the heck? Like, and it's so crazy because we're saying this right now and we're acknowledging that we're crazy, but we'll still get off this thing and look at our freaking Instagrams and be like, why did I just lose 10 followers? And I'm like, and this is what's so crazy because you're just like, okay, at some point it has, how do you, and that's where anxiety goes crazy. So Victor, tell me, tell well, me, what do you tell people? <laughs> well, one, one of the real challenges of social media is that it is constantly a, a competition and everybody I think is always assessing themselves and in relation to the likes and the follows and all this stuff. And, and I think it's has had unfortunately a negative impact on young right. people that uh, it's made it hard to find other ways to assess accomplishments. Like I read a book and I learned something or uh, I thought about something and I understand it more or I, I practiced the piano for a while and I can play something I, I haven't played before. Um, you know, so I don't want to blame the whole thing on social media, but I think it's amplified this sense of we're, we're constantly comparing ourselves and again, we're, we're curating our image. 
You know, the, the, yes. the stuff isn't real. I mean, life has become like an infomercial and <laughs> it's, it's never going to be as okay. good as those, you know, as those infomercials make it seem like they are. But, oh. uh, you know, so it just sets everybody up to be disappointed. I have a question, actually. It made me think. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's fine. That's I, fine. I was going to say, um, do you have any advice for acknowledging those small victories? Because I actually think the more I think about it, it's kind of intangible for me to think about how do you put that into action in terms of like, like you just said, let's say I am like, okay, I'm going to teach myself this song today, right? And that is a small victory because you can learn a song and you think, wow, I taught myself this song. That's pretty cool. But how, but how, but some people I think find it hard to, then they can go back to like an Instagram or go back to, and then go and be like, well, my thing doesn't mean, why does it even matter that I learned this? Because no one's going to hear me. Like I can see that people, I know I do it. And I know a lot of people do that because they, they, they think it's cool for a second. And then they go back to being like, well, my small victory isn't actually a victory because I'm just, I, I like somebody else is better than me. So how, how do you deal with that? How do you, yeah. How do you, you really have to train yourself, you know, when, okay. and you have to become aware of those kinds of patterns of thought that when, you know, when you've done something and within two minutes, you're starting to question and undermine it. You need to stop and recognize <laughs> that it's happening. Right. So you have to get in the yeah. habit of paying attention to that stuff and then really sort of understanding and looking at it and saying, is it fair? Is it sensible? You know, was it really not an accomplishment that you learned that song? No, it actually was. Is there, some, is there a Mozart out there who, you know, maybe wrote three symphonies in the time, <laughs> you know, that, that you wrote that song? There probably is, but so what? There's, you know, Mo Mozart didn't have such a happy time with things, right? So you, you really, right. You know, growing up and living your life is a matter of finding balance and trying to keep things in perspective. And no, it's, I mean, you know, it's yeah. an ongoing process. It's not a thing that you snap and, you know, or read a self-help book and say, oh, now I can do this. You really have to work consistently on it. Oh, somebody just said your, your, your tone of your voice is very soothing. Well, having, having, having worked as a psychiatrist now for 35 years, I guess it's just uh, something that uh, you kind of develop over time. But thank it's, you. It's, it's so true, though. I will say that there's so much to be said about a soothing voice, right? I, I actually have, um, it's so funny, the therapist that I talk to also has like a soothing voice where I'm just like, I can literally just listen. I'm just like, Oh, I just feel nice having a coffee and starting your morning like that. It's like, so I like, I like that somebody just said that I see another question here. Um, so yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but can I just like add something to that conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, this is going to sound really rude and I don't <laughs> mean it to be, but the, and, and, and it's not rude. It's blunt. Something, especially with like my mental health and also like being on a diet um no one's gonna put in the work for you you have to do it yourself and the hardest thing so i um i was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder last year and it is a nightmare um so i have mood swings up and down and up and down and up and down and like yes there's medication and stuff like that but like the only person that's going to fix that is myself because it requires practice. It requires work. It requires doing things that make me uncomfortable. And, you know, the, I'm not good enough. I don't celebrate little victories. Thing. That's something that I deal with every day. And it is something that I have to practice every single day. And it is not fun. But there comes a time where, like, I've been dealing with whatever I've been dealing with with my stuff. But the one day that you realize it works and that you look back and you're like, that doesn't even make me mad anymore. That doesn't make me sad. I'm not anxious about it. You're like, whoa, this practice works. And oh, what did I, I read something. I read something in my book. I have my notes from my book. Um, <laughs> I love it. There's a, there's Plato's cave allegory, which I don't really know how to explain it because it was really long. But basically what I learned from it, it was that would you rather suffer in the familiar for the rest of your life or be hurt and have a lot of pain for like 
a small amount of time, be really uncomfortable and then grow. And I was like, Oh crap. That really is that, that kind of like relates to me living in North Carolina. I was so miserable. I was so miserable. And I didn't move to California because I was so scared, but then I moved to California and that intense fear and that intense uncomfortableness subsided. And I'm way happier than the constant uncomfortableness and, and sadness I was experiencing in North Carolina. And I think that can kind of be related to everything we're talking about. Are you, at what point do you realize I'm not happy with this consens- consistent anxiety or this consistent not feeling good enough? And when are you ready to take that step that's going to be painful and uncomfortable, but then after is going to be beautiful and full of growth and happiness? Um. So, so that's really crazy that you just said that because I feel like, oh, hold on a second. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's crazy because I think that that's, that's a hundred percent a song right there. Oh my God. Somebody has to stop calling me. Um, right there. That's a good example of what I was saying between therapy and and music and I'm just bringing it up because obviously we're both in music and I'm just going to acknowledge that that's 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 a big part of what I'm talking about why I love to write and why I think music can be therapeutic because what you just said in your book is like such a crazy song think about it it's like the fact that you're like wow with all I, I don't know the second thought that you said in terms of just like all these hurt and pain and like the pain that go and then but then going into growth the concept of that is like big you know and and, and I totally agree with that because to be honest complacency is to me like the worst place to be you know what I mean and I think that growth feels so good and yes it's the same way that heartbreak can be literally feel like death and the worst thing that you could ever go through but when you come out on the other side you're like oh thank god you know what I mean it's just like so relieving um Victor wait yeah I I was gonna I I kind of saw your thing but you were going to mention to Nora. Well, there's been somebody who's been chatting and it seems to be looking for care or support. And I just wanted to let people know that uh, if you're based, at least in the United States, uh, and need urgent care, you can contact the crisis text line by texting 741741. Uh, and well, both India. Well, so you, you need, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know resources there, but you know, there's gotta be some mental health system that uh, you know, is comparable. I know there are at least suicide prevention resources in pretty much every country. Um, and if you go to the International Association for Suicide Prevention, uh, then at least you might be able to find what you know, phone-based resources you might be able to locate, uh, even in India. So. Uh, sorry, I can't offer more more substantive help than that. But uh, there there are phone based or text based resources now available in many many countries. Victor, is there anything we could suggest to her in terms of like um, like an online chat sort of place? Because she's saying, uh, what is she saying? There? Yeah, because is there anywhere that she could maybe go and and, and just talk to somebody online or? Okay, well, can't that, that's right. Well, that's what I'm suggesting is, you know, something comparable in India to what we have here in the States, which is crisis text line or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You don't need to be having suicidal thoughts to contact those services. Uh, but if you look at the International Association for Suicide Prevention's website, they have listings for pretty much every country in the world and what kinds of emergency support resources are available. And, yeah. you know, I, I hope, Nora, that you, you know, follow up and, and contact the, you know, the local resource. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can, they can try to get you some help. You know, obviously this is not a setting where we can provide that depth or, or that intensity of support, you know, this is more to give people some ideas, just how to, how to manage during this very, very difficult time. And it sounds like what you're needing is something more substantive than that. 
Yeah, and I, you know what I can do on my side as well, and or maybe on both of our sides after this, we can talk to Judd and see if there's something we can post along with this webinar when we post it on YouTube for any sort of resources that we can provide. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, definitely. Um, I will, you know, I'll send out the link to, to this webinar after we're finished and then maybe along with that include links, Nora, that you can go to and hopefully we can provide some sort of support there. Um, yes. And so yeah, I just wanted to, to open a couple questions now just before we end our chat. Um, so Anna, I think somebody had a question for you. Um, what has been some coping things you've done during quarantine to get through this also p.s anna drowning is my favorite song by you and i have been a fan since america's got talent <laughs> well thank you um i have been doing everything and i know that's kind of like a blanket <laughs> but it really it really does feel like everything um i've been trying to keep an open mind basically so i've been working when i you know can i mean my situation is a little bit different than other people's situation. I have like a, I'm very grateful for my job and being able to be creative and that allows me to work whenever, you know, um, basically whenever I want. Um, but what has helped me the most is keeping some sort of structure, which thankfully I have dogs, so I have to keep structure. Um, <laughs> you can get out of the house, like go to, a bike path or something like that. That's been really helpful. Even to just like stand in the sun for 10 minutes. That's also very helpful. Um, I've been writing. That is very helpful. I've been, yeah, I've been writing things down a lot. Um, obviously, uh, something for me personally, just writing, even though like, I don't like go back and read everything I write, just getting it out of me is very helpful. Um, reaching out to friends and family, any type of support has also been very helpful. I was lucky enough to actually go visit my family in North Carolina. And that was kind of cool. It was just like a reset. I barely looked at my phone, just kind of like hung out at their house and then came back to North Carolina I and mean, came back to California. Um, oh, what else? And listening to my body actually, I think is the biggest thing. Um, so I try to stay on top of work and stay on top of everything, doing laundry, this, this and that. And I've been like trying to keep myself busy, but when my body's like, you know, let's just lay down, let's just take a nap, let's just watch Vampire Diaries for six hours, I do it. And I think that's been the coolest that's thing. so important. I always like push myself. I'm like, no, 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 you know, I know you're tired, but like we need to go do this, this, and that. It's like, you don't. I don't have anything to do today other than what I set for myself. And that I think might be actually the most important thing. If I'm tired, I go to bed. If I'm hungry, I eat. If I, <laughs> I cry, like I let myself do these things of course within like a certain amount of boundaries I just I think that might be like the biggest thing is listening to my body throughout all of this <clears throat> excuse me that's a really Anna just really quick I, I I'd love to I don't know if you're comfortable with this but um the quote that you mentioned in your notebook can I put that as a quote on my stories I think that's so beautiful to take away just to sort of the the thing that you said about you know staying still and being complacent and then the hurt and the pain. Can can you can you send me that so I can? I just think that's such a powerful message. Um, if you feel comfortable, yeah. Um, you could do it after. Send it to me. Send it to me. I would love to. I would just love to put that on my story for everybody that's watching. Just I think that's like what I'm what I'm getting out of this conversation is that I feel like that 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 really is like a really nice mantra to have. And I think that for people to feel that way and just see that quote, it could be something that people learn to practice. And it would, I just feel like that was such a beautiful thing. And I, I even just want to look at it. So if you feel comfortable, please text yeah. that to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Victor, somebody was saying like, what, how, what's a good way to deal with anxiety, like with the country reopening, you know, and just kind of starting again, is there, you know, good, coping mechanism like anything that you would suggest yeah i think we're all going to have a, a little bit of sort of communal agoraphobia except for the people who are sort of rushing out you know agoraphobia is fear of going outside right so <laughs> the, the way to deal with that is to you know use what we call systematic desensitization to like slowly work yourself towards the thing that's provoking the anxiety. So first imagining going outside and trying to get yourself to sort of imagine that and calm down. And then, you know, maybe just standing in front of your apartment or house for a while 
and taking a, you know, a brief walk. So slowly pushing yourself like a quarter step beyond what you think is comfortable. If you're, you know, with somebody at home, maybe doing it with somebody else, uh, you know, for a while will make it easier as well. Uh, and, and, you know, sort of paying attention to the medical guidance and being sensible and, you know, really finding trustworthy, reliable information so that you feel that you're making reasonable decisions and not putting yourself at an undue risk is, you know, obviously very important too. So you need to balance the risk and, and the importance of getting some time outside and getting some sunlight and vitamin D and getting some exercise yeah. outside is all, you know, is all important good stuff. But no, I think, you know, as we do it, it'll get easier. Like with all of these things, the more, the more used to it you get, uh, the, the easier it becomes. No, 100%. No, and I appreciate that. And this has been such a great conversation. Is there anything else that you guys want to say before we head off for today? People need to t continue to take care of themselves and also recognize, again, that feeling stress and distress now is, is not the same as mental illness. It's hard, but, you know, use your support resources, use your friends, taking care of yourself, uh, you know, and, and doing what we can to um, distract ourselves and continue to have some enjoyment is, you know, is, is really going to make a big difference in, you know, helping yourself get through this. And Nora, I know Nora just, just a question, can she DM us about any of these concerns? And I absolutely, we always am open to that stuff. I, I'm, I'm obviously all about open conversation. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm, I'm already assuming Anna feels the same way. <laughs> yeah, I, because, um, because I'm a clinician, it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, but, you know, again, I can, through you guys, certainly provide resources and some suggestions. Okay. Okay. No, exactly. And I, I appreciate you for that. And like I said, I'm going to, when I upload this to YouTube, I will, you know, it, my YouTube channel is the Jen Andrews and yours is Anna Clendenning. Anna, is that your, or is it just Anna Clendenning, your YouTube? Anna Clendenning, because I made it in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and I'll upload all this information. Like I said, I'll talk to Jed about some good resources that I can um, right. So the Jed Foundation, where I'm the chief medical officer, actually has a lot of resources about, you know, the, dealing with the psychological impact of COVID-19. So check out jedfoundation.org and, you know, you can find on from the homepage, it's one step to get to our COVID-19 resources. Yes. All right, guys. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. And so happy for everybody that could tune in and, you know, just keep keep positive and all this kind of stuff. I will, when we hang up, we'll all practice what we preach. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Stay well, <gasps> everybody. Right. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to episode two of the green room talks. Um, and thanks to Anna and Victor. That was really awesome. And I really appreciate how open you guys were. And I'll let everyone know again that you can check us out on YouTube at the Jenna Andrews, Instagram and Facebook at the green room talks and Twitter at underscore green room talks. Okay, till next time.